to Red Talks. I'm Emer O'Carroll, a director in Red Sea. And today I'm going to be talking to my colleague, Carol Fanagan, our deputy managing director. We're going to talk about the importance of a successful online presence for brands and services. So Carol, even before this lockdown, we've relied on technology for so many aspects of life. But there's no doubt that in recent months, online channels have become really important to us in how we live our lives and how we secure services or build bridges with brands. Absolutely, Emer. And I suppose, you know, growing use of online by consumers is not a new phenomenon, but the last few months has seen huge growth in the amount of time that consumers are spending online and obviously changes in what they're doing online. Even the older generation who people might have thought were somewhat more resistant to online have been forced to go online to try to maintain communications with people and with products and services. And because of all this extra time spent online, there's big implications for brands and services in terms of how they, they connect with consumers. And online have really has helped people hugely. Think first of all, just in terms of both basic thing in terms of communications. Um, where would we have been without Zoom during lockdown? Nobody had ever heard of Zoom a few months ago, but it was fantastic for forging connections uh, between friends and even from a business perspective between employers and employees and colleagues. Another, I think, really good example of changes in this world is the whole area of payments and financial transactions, where there's been really rapid development. Um, in just one week of lockdown, the Banking Federation of Ireland quoted that 76% of all transactions were contactless. And that was in just one week. And I suppose that really challenges the conventional wisdom that Irish consumers are all about cash. Um, and it presents challenges to banking channels to ensure that they can meet those new demands of consumers. Um, that attachment to cash, I think, must have been really just habitual, more so than any truly functional need. Once stores said, we're not accepting cash, consumers reacted and said, fine, um, let's go contactless. I think there's also a lot of um, upsides in using online platforms for pro-social behaviours. Think of all the work that charities have had to do to virtually fundraise because they couldn't do it in person. I think the interesting thing will be the extent to which people will stick with these new practices or whether they'll go back to their traditional behaviours. Um, and obviously, while there are huge advantages to face-to-face -face contact, I think the time saving and the convenience of online are really significant benefits. Yeah, do you think that they'll begin to appreciate the value of fitting services into their lives rather than the other way around? Or will they prefer to go back you know, to paying by cash and doing it the old-fashioned way? I suppose that'll be an interesting one to see in the long run. I think the greater ability for remote working has been very handy for people. There's been lots of saving and commuting and decentralization. But of course, it does have a knock-on effect in a company and trying to create and preserve a culture within a company. So if somebody new starts, as we had in Red Sea, it can be difficult to kind of bring them into the culture, get them to know people, learn the ways of the company, and also to feel that they belong in the company is quite a challenge. So that will be something that companies will have to do in trying to foster that cultural identity while also facilitating remote working. Of course, one of the most obvious ones is online shopping, that everybody raced to their computers and now we're all experts in shopping. 
it's an interesting one that in the beginning in the grocery retail area it happened so fast that the delivery slot queue the queue for a delivery slot was so long that people were having to wait two or three weeks now obviously that has panned out a little bit but i still think it is put in people's minds the idea if i'm looking for something whether it's food or weights for the gym or whatever i just go online and have a look for it now with that of course goes expectations of higher functionality and very limited patience i think for problems or hiccups i think people want to press the button get an immediate confirmation and get their product fairly fast afterwards and to, for the most part that has worked out really well of course it's not all an easy transition the whole issue of data is something that we can't really ignore. I think people are becoming more aware of the value of their data. And there's no doubt that one of the biggest step forwards in that awareness of privacy was GDPR in 2017. People suddenly began to be aware that they didn't have to share everything. And that has implications for online relationships with products, services, etc., where people don't want to they want to share as little as they can in a way and still get the service um, without having to part with too much of their data. I think in banking in particular, actually, the area of ease and security, uh, there's a little bit of tension there. On the one hand, two-step verification offers people the security reassurance that they want. But on the other hand, it can be a bit of a pain if you haven't got all the bits together for your two-step verification. And I think we were wondering whether um, operators like Revolut, which are so intuitive and easy to use, might actually sidestep traditional banking for younger people. They may start with Revolut and then who knows what will happen in the longer run. If they haven't established traditional banking relationships, will they be in the right place to have a credit history when they want to get a mortgage or something? So there could be long-term implications that people haven't really thought through at this point. That's a really good point, Emer, and certainly there are hindrances in the world of technology that we need to be cognizant of. And I suppose, first and foremost, there's that separation of people, both from each other and from the brand or service that they're trying to connect with. And I think that there's little doubt that even despite all of the advances in technology that we've had, many people still just want to hear a voice at the end of a line. They want another human being um, to connect with, confirming the decisions that they've made or, or clarifying things for them. And I think equally, when people make a lot of progress online in trying to buy a particular service or go through a particular transaction, there can be huge frustration when they ultimately need to call somebody to actually have to make a final decision. So I think if consumers start online, they want to finish that online. So offering things like web chat facilities can obviously be, be very valuable. The other sort of um, elephant in the room is that with growing dependence on technology um, by all members of the household, there's the big issue of unreliable broadband connections. And I'm sure we've all suffered from this at some stage during the last few months. I think in Ireland, we've really come a long way um, in terms of access to high-speed broadband. But it is said that we have a bit of a two-tier society. We have those with really good high-speed broadband and those without. That inevitably has implications for brands and services in terms of transacting with people who want to access those services. It's essential, I suppose, to have options and support for those people who don't have such good broadband. Another area worth talking about is the fact that online can just be a really important place for brands to have a voice. And within that, the key challenge is to have an integrated brand experience so that for any brand, 
the online presence is similar to or as good as your offline presence. So people aren't feeling that they, I suppose, need to do it just on one channel only because that's the only one that works. So online isn't just an add-on, it's integral to your brand's overall presence in the market. And don't forget, I suppose that online experience is expected to represent the brand's personality and allow a certain interaction. Equally, I suppose, beware of being seen just to jump on the bandwagon of the latest trends without having credibility and having connection. I think one of the challenges of using web chat, voice technology, diagnostic bots, whatever it is, is to try and make sure that people are getting the brand experience rather than the technology experience. So you might love the technology and for what it does to you, but forget about the brand, the brand values, and not feel close, actually feel more distant but from the brand that you're buying the services from. So that is, I think, a challenge. Voice technology can certainly allow self-guided delivery of service in an effortless manner, really. But we need to be sure that the brands are central to this and their voice and their style and their culture is central to this. Uh, web chat, as you mentioned, and chatbots can be fantastic. And we found before that it can be hard to persuade people to use them. But once they do, like all of these things, then they love it and then they can't go back really. One other area to consider is brands platform that they use. There's lots of platforms out there that they can use. But we need to really be careful about the tone of voice and the style of platform that we're using. And, and also to keep a very careful eye on the evolution of those platforms. For example, Facebook is now seen as a much older platform for an older generation. It has, it does a lot more advertising on it, which is valid and accepted, but also changes the perception of it. Where I've noticed that brands have begun to appear on TikTok, but obviously they need to reflect their own style but also the style of TikTok because it is fun and it's engaging and whatever and they need to be sure that they fit very well within that. That's a really good point Emer. and allied to that I think it's really important that there's a similar brand experience across all technology offerings. An example is Leapcard. Um, fantastic service, a fantastic product but it's only available on Android. So therefore, if you happen to be an Android user, you love it, but all the Apple users are left out. And a more topical example is the COVID app, which was launched a few weeks ago, um, a fantastic innovation. But as we've seen in some more recent news about it, it only works on certain more up-to-date platforms, which some of the older members of the population may not have access to. And considering that they are perhaps the most vulnerable, it's a shame that um, that little glitch appeared in the system. We have to remember, of course, that for some audiences, the online presence is actually the most visible, the most interactive and the most engaging advertising interface for them with that brand. Particularly in terms of young people, they're evolving with very different habits in relation to television and radio consumption, spending a lot more time on social media and on YouTube. So those online platforms are essential for brands to have a really strong and consistent presence in order to engage with that younger generation. Yeah, absolutely agree, Carol. It certainly is a challenging time where people need to, brands need to be agile and able to respond to these things and the way that people are living. Look, it's been great talking to you this morning. Thanks a million, Carol.